tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds? Where it's the same year, and you're the same person, but everything else is different. And what if you can't find your way home? Imagine if this is the one where comic book readers come together and Franey and I, as two of the biggest comic book readers, I would say. No, nah, I'm just pulling my own. No, pulling my in, own. In, uh, this, in, this, in this zip code, this is true. Okay, I, I'll, I'll give you that. Uh, we come together and we're going to say, imagine if so-and-so was in this world. Basically, it's the conversation every comic book reader has. What if... Captain America was jettisoned to a planet in uh, another galaxy. What would happen? How does he become Superman? You know, or uh, what if Bucky punched reality? <laughs> Who comes back <laughs> to life in the Marvel U? You know, yeah. One of the uh, big things that we we're missing in comics nowadays is. DC no longer does their Elseworlds, which was great because it would take familiar characters and put them in other settings. Uh, and then Marvel also had their What If series. So us being fans and missing DC and Marvel playing together, and we'll even take other comic book companies too and toss them into the mix. But we're just going to have a free-for-all. We want to you know, play with crazy ideas where it's like, yeah, what if the, uh, you know, if it was Batman who was frozen in ice and woke up 70 years later, how could he change more than just Gotham? That's exactly what we're here to do. So I think this is going to be the greatest experiment in comic book creativity ever. Since since Marvel vs. DC in the 90s. Excelsior! <laughs> so uh, if you're ready to go along on this journey with us, we're ready to take you on it. First off, we have to come up with an idea. So we have to come up with a story... That both of us know of and liked, usually, um, that we want to take from either Marvel or DC and then put it into Marvel or DC or whichever world we end up doing. If we do Image, if we do Vertigo, we do uh, Dark Horse. Dark Horse, yeah. (laughs) Whatever's out there. Uh, I mean, Dark Horse kind of already does that with all their Robocop and Terminators. God, at this point with what they're left to publish, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They're hoping for that My Little Pony license. I could see it. Predator versus My Little Pony. It'd be interesting, Why right? Not? Why not? Let's go there. <laughs> I think we've got our next week episode. Robo Pony. <laughs> <laughs> so we have, uh, we have, we decide to take one story, we put it into, uh, we take characters from one world, we put it into a story already known from another world. This week we've decided to take JLA's Tower of Babel, which uh, was written by Grant Morrison, I believe. Mark Wade, actually. Mark Wade. I'm sorry, it was Grant Morrison's JLA, but he Mark Wade's it. first story arc because uh, Grant left the book after. Okay, uh, that was well. He 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 made the big massive JLA book, and then uh, after he did what he needed to do, finished it off with World War Three. Mark Wade was the next writer to come along, and his opening salvo was the uh, Tower of Babel. Tower of Babel. So I have a little synopsis here of what Tower of Babel was. I'm going to read it for. Us and our listening audience, Tower of, Babel, Tower of Babel deals with Batman's perceived betrayal to the superhuman community by keeping and concealing hidden records concerning the strengths and weaknesses of his allies in the JLA, which include 
plans to neutralize his enemies in a fight. His files are stolen by the criminal mastermind Rachel Ghoul, who uses them to defeat the League through a coordinated attack in order to prevent them from interfering with his latest scheme, the reduction of the global population, which is obviously a common theme with uh, Rachel Ghoul in the League of Assassins. He's he feels that the world has been plagued by humans for way too long, and he needs to cull a little a little bit of the population. What do you think? Yeah, he very much sees the current human population as like a cancer on the earth, and it's you know it's not to say he's a great eco terrorist. It's just I think he's stuck in a very much survival of the fittest, the old ways, and. Plus, you know, this gets him on top since he's the master league of master of the League of Assassins. That's true. He would that would put him in uh, the leader role of the rest of the world. So. Yeah, so maybe it's his second attempt at being Genghis Khan. <laughs> so I believe you have a few uh, editor notes for us, basically, just on uh, what issues we're going to be talking about, or at least what issues Tower of Babel took place in. Okay, so there's um, the actual comic book itself was in JLA issues forty three through forty six. And there's also a great story in the JLA Secret Files and Origins issue 3. My recommendation, I would read issue 43 and 44 of JLA, then the lead story in Secret Files and Origins number 3, and then continue with 45 and 46. Um, If you're lucky enough to score the trade paperback edition, they actually print it that way, which is amazing because most of the time the editors never do a good job of that. They'll just put issues in a book and then you're flipping back and forth so this is this is some uh glorious editing done on collected editions part yes the the collected edition on that one is is really great and also a fun note to uh put on put out there is that they did make an animated well warner brothers animated version of this movie called it justice league doom and uh, though some of the outcomes are changed, some of the schemes are changed, it still keeps the basic idea of what you read in the comic book. Uh, I, um, obviously, the comic book was much better in its execution, but it still was a good watch. Would you agree or do you disagree? I enjoyed the, the, the cartoon movie for what it was. Uh, the animated features are always a nice little thing. It's, it's great getting to see our, our characters in a, a different manner. You know, um, for instance, well, gosh, I, the, the name's slipping me. Nathan Fillion voice in Green Lantern. Awesome. You know, that's that's just a great thing. Um, it's a shame because I, I think the story itself was amazing. But with most adaptations, they want to put their own signature on it. But for an overall, yeah, definitely worth worth the, you know, what, hour and a half? Watch it, check it out, worthwhile. Yeah, yeah, yeah hour to hour and a half. I'm not, I'm not quite sure the runtime. But if we want to get to basically what happens in that particular book, uh, we have the League and how they are defeated by Rachel Ghoul or not defeated but taken out of the equation I should say uh, by Rachel Ghoul using Batman's files so first off is Martian Manhunter Martian Manhunter is covered with nanites that convert the outer layer of his skin into magnesium causing him to burst into flame fire being his greatest weakness upon exposure to air so a little bit of science there you know a little bit of uh, the Martian Manhunter mythos his whole uh, family going up in flames kind of caused him to be a little bit of a pyrophobic. So, uh, yeah, definitely exposed John's kryptonite. Um, right, which, well you know, went after it, yeah. he, I mean, John's has, is basically uh, another Superman. He has all the power Superman has plus some. Right, so. yeah, the, the, the invisibility, the mass manipulation, the, 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 the 
terraforming of himself. Yeah, just telepathy. Telepathy, yeah. yeah so so shape shifting. So he has yeah. he has a lot of power and to give him a weakness that is so common, fire is found anywhere, can be created by anybody. It's not like kryptonite that can only be <laughs> can only be found in a lab or by mistake in the in a mountain somewhere. So uh yeah, okay, I, I can't stop I can't help it. We have to talk about what just happened. So Freddy just pulled a bee off of his shoulder from underneath his shirt. <laughs> Apparently it got in there somehow and he didn't know about it, but that was hilarious. <laughs> uh I ride a motorcycle, so on my way over here I um I attract some interesting debris and well it looks like I uh yeah, ow. Ow <laughs> Ow to say ow. the least. <laughs> That was a B. <laughs> <laughs> so next person that we have on the JLA that was taken out is Plastic Man. You want to go ahead and read that one off for us? All right, so Plastic Man, in short, he was uh, shot by a dart. The dart then wound up freezing his form, and then another agent runs over and just shatters him with a hammer, thus like breaking him apart and shattering him um, into very small pieces. So this made it hard for him to reconstitute himself. Um, it actually took another league member to reassemble him. Um, and what was interesting were the side effects after the case. Because Plastic Man's always, you know, this witty, snarky guy. And as soon as that happened, he was just kind of holding himself literally, you know, just kind of afraid of what happened. And I think that it's interesting because, and I don't remember at this point or not, if we if, if we had the Obsidian Age storyline in JLA where... That'll be further down the road. Further down, okay, well, I mean, I, I believe it's in that around that time is when Bruce or Batman pretty much exclaims that Plastic Man is the probably the strongest meta he can, he, he'd ever meet. I mean, he can be frozen, obviously, and still and shattered and still live. He can stretch out to incredible lengths. He can shapeshift. He can make any object he wants. He can do all these incredible things. And essentially, he's immortal. I mean... Right. Uh, I remember I think it was JLA the Doomsday Wars or something like that. It was when the that current Justice League fought Doomsday. And Doomsday stretched Plastic Man so far, he ripped him. And yet, he's back together. Right. I mean, that's, and I think that's one of the things that you're talking about with uh, his change of, his state of mind changing after this. He was frozen and broken into pieces, and yet he still came together. So not only does it show that he, he he's, he's not going to die, but he could put himself to get back together. And I think the idea of, of what he has become since getting these powers is really messing with his head because... The most plastic man as a criminal used it used his powers was to seal things. Right. As, as a hero, he he kind of is he's the jokester. He's the he's the class clown. Yeah, he's always been portrayed as a goof, as a goofy hero. Because he, he even usually, elongated man is kind of you know a comical version of Mister Fantastic, and then Plastic Man is just outright slapstick. Right, you know? he is, and but I mean he he is a hero in his own right. He'll step up when it needs to be stepped up, but I think. This really showed him how much power he actually has, and it, it, I think it scares him. It scares him, plus the fact that Batman is coming up with these ideas on how to take him out. I think it definitely took away a lot of his uh, his carelessness on stuff. You know, it was it was all the time. You know, you're, you're just doing what you do, and this was the first time because he's been shot before, and it didn't mean anything. And now this time he was shot, which turned out to freeze him, and then shattered. It was like that was kind of against my will. And, uh, you know, it definitely it put him on a way different stance than, than he's ever been with. And I, th- I, think that's, I think that's where we get it, the change of state of mind. So, 
next to be taken out was Aquaman. Now, in the in the story, he's rendered aquaphobic due to an altered form of the scarecrow fear toxin, which obviously Batman would have access to. Uh, without water, he would die in the matter of hours. So, if you can imagine a man that needs needs water to live, being afraid of water is probably the worst thing that could happen to him. Yeah, what a great way to take Aquaman off the equation. A lot of people, again, oh, it's Aquaman, what can he do? He's He's a very strong guy, but... You know, again, imagine if you were denied sleep, food, and water yourself. It doesn't matter how strong you are. After several days, you're going to start to lose it. And that's what Aquaman's going through in this case. So, And at this point in the DC uh, comics, he's, he's, Aquaman is being portrayed as a lot more barbaric. And he's got his hand missing. He's got the hook hand. He's, uh, he's, he's a lot more savage, I should say. He's, he's the king that uh, is, is out there ready to fight. He's he not very much he, leads from the front, right? So yeah. He's he's ready to he's ready to do battle. So he's not. And I, I, most people, when they think of Aquaman, they think of uh, Super Friends Aquaman. And yeah, true. I can understand that, but he is not someone to be messed with. Yeah, early '90s Aquaman. They took some drastic turns with him, and they took him to some new levels. Uh, actually, pretty decent reading, um, worth checking out. Especially, I remember around issue 50 when the new creative team came on and. They had him, you know, going through some wicked challenges and whatnot. So he he became a very strong character in the 90s when people just decided to take the ball and go with it. So basically to keep him alive in this with his aquaphobia, they had to put him into a chemically induced coma and lay him in the water so that he would he would be asleep but inside water and not afraid and, and still be able to stay alive. Well, luckily what was neat was before he, he started losing it, because he, he was the only one who could maintain himself, he actually got John, put John in some kind of like aqua tube. Right. So this way he, the, the nanites couldn't be exposed to air. And then he had the Atlanteans bring kind of the reverse of a what we use as a scuba diving suit. They use as a... You know, a land diving suit. <laughs> so they, they they put him in this suit so John can have mobility and function instead of being trapped in a tube. In the fire, yeah. or on fire. Yeah, and then so from that he used his telepathy to make Aquaman believe he was like in the Sahara Desert, you know, nowhere near water. So he felt comfortable. But meanwhile, yeah, he was in, now he's in the water tube, you know, right. getting the nourishment he needs. And uh, at this time in the JLA history is uh, Kyle Rayner as the Green Lantern, not Hal Jordan. So if you want to go ahead and read off what they did to Kyle. So let's see, Kyle Rayner at that point, um, they, they, um, they rendered him blind. So what they did was he would take his ring off when he would go to sleep. So he wouldn't have to worry about having a nightmare and making it become reality. So what happened was he was given a post-hypnotic um, suggestion. So this way, when he would go to sleep and hit his maximum REMs and items like that, they slipped the ring on, and so this way his subconscious would force him to render himself blind. And the Achilles heel is Kyle Rayner's occupation is an artist, and he mentally believes that without his sight, he can't do anything. Right, because you know, being an artist, he, he really feels graphic, he yeah. needs to see, he needs to see the things in front of him and and, and recognize those. So yeah, that was and once again, it's a, a interesting way to think about it. I mean, he's takes his ring off at night when he goes to sleep, and instead of just stealing his ring, they've actually put a post hypnotic suggestion in his yeah. brain so that the ring makes it so he's blind. Instead of, and this is the way that you know the, the Batman thinks. You know, I'm not trying to eliminate him. I'm trying to just 
take him out of the equation. So, And it's interesting because, um, again, I think what was really neat was in the Secret Files issue, Kyle's the one who almost gives Batman the idea. You know, he starts asking him a question. He's like, oh, you know, I don't know what would be worse, being blind or deaf, but I think being an artist... I couldn't be blind. It would destroy me. I, I wouldn't be an artist, and I wouldn't be a very good Green Lantern. So it's funny how when you read the Secret Files issue, you see that it's, you know, that they, they give themselves up in a sense. Right, exactly. So, And then and that's the thing about Batman. He's going he's gonna to perceive or he's going to recognize everything out there if he can use it against you or if he can use it for his battle. It's, right. Yeah, you're that's... talking on Sunday afternoon, and <laughs> next thing you know, he's plotting against it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's, and that's a neat repercussion from that story, you know, because after that, a lot of them were like, well, how do we deal with Batman? You know, this is a warrior that we fight with, and now all of a sudden, he's looking at you when you have your back to him. And yeah, it made it, made it very interesting afterwards. And so then we go to Wonder Woman, who, once again, due to nanites, is trapped inside a virtual reality. The nanites are injected into her ear. And uh, she has to battle against an opponent whom she cannot defeat and is her equal in every way. Her refusal to surrender under any circumstances would eventually cause her to tire herself out and die of exhaustion. So that's her Amazonian way, her teaching, her upbringing, is to fight until the end. She, She can't give up, she can't surrender, she has to fight. And as long as this virtual reality is in play... She is fighting against her equal, so her equal is not going to give up either. And what a great idea, too, because with magic, you could think, okay, well, we could put her under some, some spell or telepathy, but her being a natural warrior, she's probably been trained for that stuff. And at the time of the story, you know, virtual reality was very new. So right, it's neat exactly. how it's like, okay, I'm going to target her this way, and Batman using science, you know, which could be a real Achilles heel to hear her because... You know, from the great ancient Greek gods, you know, she's very much trapped in the past. So exactly, what a, what a smart way to take her down. Uh, let's see. The next character that got taken down was the Flash. So there was a specially designed vibra bullet. Uh, it stroke it stuck him in the back of the neck, which then basically put him into light speed seizures. Um, and that's a tough one because, you know, Bruce had to counteract the idea that well, what if it vibrates through him? But he actually made it. So not only would it, you know, could Wally vibrate through it or it would latch off, that this thing was stuck to him. And it just put Wally in a terrible state. Um, It's funny, in the actual storyline, they do manage to take the thing out. Um, I think once they they, they get Superman back to normal, um, he just kind of uses heat ray vision, burns it off. And then Wally's like, oh, my God, that was horrible. There were days where I wish I died, you know. And, And then he's like, how long was I out? And they're just like, 20 minutes Right. So for so. him, this was like an eternity. <laughs> and, and I thought that was interesting bringing it to the animated movie. They didn't use the Viper Bullet. I believe they just had him with a bomb strapped to him that if he went underneath a certain speed. Yeah, they took the idea from the movie Speed. Right. Yeah. If he if he slowed down, he would eventually it would eventually blow up. Or was it he blew up or certain areas would blow up? I don't even quite remember. But could have been it, like one or both. It's I something about it he couldn't slow down. Yeah. If he slowed down, things Some would blow kind up. Of a bomb would set. Yeah. <clears throat> So, yeah, that was an interesting, instead of using the speed seizures, I guess you could say. Superman would be the next one that come up, and uh, so the way to take him down is red kryptonite. So his ex- his skin is becomes transparent after exposure to red kryptonite, causing him to feel 
intense pain as well as overloading his natural solar absorption to the point where his super senses become overwhelmed. Red kryptonite is an artificial creation of Batman's made by exposing a green kryptonite sample to radiation. Developed in the event of him simply wanting to stop Superman for a while rather than actually killing him. So at this point in the Marvel U, because of uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, there aren't multicolored pieces of kryptonite. There's, uh, or did I say Marvel U? Yeah. I no, meant okay. DCU. <laughs> but uh, there's there's not multicolored kryptonite. There's only green. So yeah, um, Batman actually developed this well, red and kryptonite. It's, it's funny, the, red, the, the way the red kryptonite was used post-crisis... The actual, the first time it ever happened was the Crisis of the Red Kryptonite. Mr. Mixiplick, however you pronounce that, uh, he actually comes to Luther and he gives it to him. He gives him the Red Kryptonite. And, you know, Red Kryptonite's always been one of those, like, you know, what's it going to do this time? They've never really set a found foundation. Right, I've um, noticed that. It's always changed in what it, how yeah. it affects Superman. I, I, I believe there's one where it makes him apathetic to everything. and yeah, Sometimes he's mean, sometimes he's... Uh, week sometimes yeah it's it'll take them all over the place and some in physical changes which I thought was interesting uh, with this one because I, I'd be curious to see and you know obviously the story's been been away for a while and, and the universe itself has changed but how did Bruce conceive this red kryptonite to change because this is what he develops and then uh, Talia steals the formula gives it to Roz and his team develops their own synthetic red K. And they use it, and it was just interesting to know, like, how did they know that it would cause this transparent skin, which would just utterly and emotionally disturb Superman? Because to look at yourself and you just see this pile of muscles and whatnot, oh, you know, that was that was a good psychological effect on it too. It's, you know, I didn't even think about that. Well, how how did Batman know that this was what the red, this particular red kryptonite was going to do to Superman? Did he? Do experiments on Superman while he was sleeping? Yeah, did, you know, uh, it's like how did he? How did I he... almost want to say that he probably just changed it. He 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 put the the kryptonite to the radiation, knowing that it would take away its lethalness. However, he it would and it would do something to Superman, not knowing exactly what it would do. Who knows? Maybe in the creepy factor, he's got like a little you know set of Superman cells, and he's just like, let's see what this does. Actually, you know? I don't I don't see that not happening. I can see, I can bet he does have. <laughs> Some skin hair samples. follicles and yeah. things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, last but not least is Batman himself. He didn't, I mean, obviously he didn't have a file on himself, right? So, they had to come up with, uh, Rachel Gould had to come up with a way to take him out of the equation. And yeah, and, uh, well, the easy way he did that was distract him. Um, and what is the best thing to distract Batman with? His parents. So, basically, the League of Assassins stole the, uh, the bodies of Thomas and Martha Wayne, Batman's parents. And they led him on an international goose chase to the point where even when the JLA called Batman for help, like, hey, we're being taken down, Batman's like, I'm on something big. I cannot be distracted. Batman out. Turns his communicator off. And then finally when Roz is like, hey, I took down your friends using your papers. And that's when Batman's like, oh, oh, no. Oh, and, I need to get back. <laughs> yeah, like, hey, guys, guys, wait. You know, and but by that point, it's too late. And so, yeah, how do you how do you take the mastermind out? You distract them. So, which brings us to something we touched on earlier uh, with Plastic Man, but just basically, what was the aftermath of this whole this whole uh, story arc? Well, so once the once the arc ended, they come together reluctantly because a lot of them are kind of upset with Batman, 
and they um, they stop Ra's al Ghul. They they take down his technology. So because also once once the league's taken down, and to to make things even worse, um, Ra's invents these antennas, and the first antenna puts out a frequency that makes it so we can't read. So the the written language is just foreign, you know, and even to everybody else. So this is on a global scale. Um, so now, of course, the heroes are distracted because, you know, pilots and planes are looking at gibberish and they've got no way to know what's going on. And then once they kind of overcame that, then Roz inactivated the second signal, which now made it so we couldn't even communicate with each other. Um, luckily, with John back on the field, you know, he could help keep the league in communication via telepathy. Um, so they come together, they stop Roz Ghul. Ra's al Ghul then, you know, uses the Wayne bodies as kind of like, all right, this is how I get out of here situation. Um, so Batman's going to chase Ra's al Ghul. Superman's going to fly up and save the Waynes. But then there's the red kryptonite, which at this point has more of a mental effect on Superman because he kind of cowers back. Um, but, you know, in the end, the rest of the league comes and they help each other. So then the league, they're meeting in one of their secret rooms. They, you know, they've got Batman sitting outside and, and they decide, you know, what are we going to do with him? Do we get rid of him? Yes or no? Martian Manhunter is voting for him to stay because in the stories JLA Year One, John had files, but these were more information files on people. They were also ripped off by a, vil- a villainous group and then used against heroes. So John understands, you know, like, I-, I-, I get making the files. I'm not saying I made these, you know, how to take you down files, but I get it. So he votes yes for him to stay. Uh, Plastic Man is just, I have no love for the guy. Get out of here. And he wants him gone. Aquaman feels the same way. He's kind of like, no, you know, you, you stabbed us in the back, get out. Uh, Green Lantern is, you know, he's kind of like, well, no, it, it makes sense. Um, it makes sense why he made something like that, and I totally understand it. You know, I don't, I don't feel bad about it because he even goes to reference, you know, like, yeah, maybe if if there was a plan like that, you know, we wouldn't have a coast city, and which causes Wally to get angry, and he's like, hey, you know, you're talking about my uncle Hal, don't don't do that. Uh, but even then, Wally himself is kind of like, no, I vote for Batman to stay. So now you've got Martian Man under Green Lantern and Flash in favor of Batman staying. Wonder Woman steps forward, and she's like, no. Basically the same thing kind of like as Aquaman. You know, It's like, if I'm supposed to go in battle with this person, they've stabbed me in the back. How can I fight with them? So you've got an even split between Wonder Woman, Plastic Man, and Aquaman against Martian Man under Green Lantern and Flash 4. So it's up to Superman. And the writer does a neat little trick where, you know, they, they go to check on Batman and they see that Batman's gone. So does this mean that Batman knows Superman well enough that he would have voted for him to leave? Or does he know Superman well enough that he would have voted for him to stay and Batman couldn't stay out of guilt? So it's it's kind of a ambiguous ending, but it's neat for you, the reader, because you can decide kind of how you want Superman to go with that. And that could be a whole argument again. You know, how do you perceive Superman's thoughts on that? Exactly, and I wanted to make note that uh, the idea that Rachel Ghoul had these two antennas that that did this made it so that we couldn't read the written word, or, and then we couldn't communicate is where the storyline gets its name from. Tower of Babel, this, the biblical story where uh, similar things happen. I guess that would bring me to what would, how would you have voted if you were one of these JLA members? Ooh, that's tough. Because for me, I think I would have... I've gone the same way as Kyle. I would have gone the same way as Green Lantern. I, I think Bruce making these files is... is, Yeah, these he is a non-powered superhero amongst these other super-powered beings. Every day he's got to think about if one of them changes, goes the other direction, 
what am I going to do to stop him? He does the same thing for when he has to take down villains. I mean... It's true, and, and it is funny because we even have, you know, one of the biggest reference stories when Superman himself gives the kryptonite ring to Batman. And he's like, hey, in case you need to take me down. So these people do trust him. I would say it's, it's one of those things for them to vote on the spot after the situation is a bad idea. They're still too emotionally invested. Right, um, and I think that it's, it's, it's one thing to say that they're all heroes, so they'd probably be like, if I ever turn, yes, take me down. Do what you need to do. I think it's the way that they had that each one of them was taken down. Right. Yeah, that feels dirty. It, it feels because like, wow, he, you exploited me. It, yeah, he's because he for all all intents and purposes, purposes, he is their friend. They are friends with Batman. So the think so for them to think that he knows me so intimately that he can use my weaknesses to in that way. It just it it felt dirty, and it's funny because he used the f word, friend. <laughs> Batman doesn't see that, you know. It's like to he sees assets. Of, yeah, well, he's he's that guy that you know. We all have that coworker where it's like you know everybody talks like, oh, you know, how did your football team do, or how's the weather, and he's the guy who's like, I'm at work, right? You know, like how's cubicle or how's the report going, you know, <laughs> things like that, and not you know I'm here to know you, so it's. It's interesting. Uh, continuing on the fallout, you know, the JLA had a case and they had to do it without Batman. And they found themselves being like, oh, man, if only Batman was here, he could have done this for us. And then finally, the, the, the arc after that brings them all together and it causes Bruce to reveal his identity to them, which is big because nobody knew who Batman was. You know, very few people knew. And so that was awesome for them. I think they felt, you know, they felt good about... Bruce Wayne Batman again because it's they understand it's all right that was a big big thing for him to to reveal his identity to the people in the Justice League it's to show that he also has weakness I mean I imagine for people that didn't know his true identity it's 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 Batman I'm meeting Batman yeah I sling a ring that can make anything that I want in my mind but I'm meeting Batman (laughs) true yeah I mean all these heroes would be like oh my god you know you're you're you and once they find out you know because Batman does work on a lot of smoke and mirrors, you know. Some people believe is he a demon? Is he uh, is he also a meta? They don't know, and and then to find out that it's just a man with a cape and a belt and a the best really strong can. will, <laughs> yeah, you know that's that's incredible stuff. All right, so now we get to the point where we have made the changes. We this is the the meat and the potatoes of our show. We are going to take the Avengers. Now this is the the roster of the Avengers that were simultaneously in the MCU at the time of this story in the DCU. So, why don't you give us a rundown of what roster that is. Okay, so at the when part one of Tower of Babel came out, JLA issue 43, um, Avengers, in its second volume, had issue 30, which had the technical lineup of Iron Man, Goliath, Wasp, She-Hulk, Triathlon, Scarlet Witch, Silver Claw, a new character... Warbird, who was also Miss Marvel to the more modern fans. Captain Marvel, actually, I guess, to be even even more modern. Even more modern, yeah. Um, She's gone by many names. And then Vision at the time was broken, but he was quickly reassembled. And then Wonder Man got sucked into the the, uh, Avengers with the next story. So I thought it'd be fun to bring them in because what could be exciting is, depending on which one, which character is our Batman for the story, that leaves nine members so we could have that conversation of, all right, when we vote to terminate who's or keep, <laughs> who, who's our teams on our votes? Okay, so I guess the first question we have to ask is who, 
who did you come up with is the as the Avengers member that is keeping these files on the rest of the Avengers? All right. Well, for me, I personally, I did a lot of thinking about this, and um, you know, I, I had some doozies. I thought maybe it'd be neat to say, okay, let's go classic and Nick Fury, you know, as the leader of Shield, the big super spy. Obviously, he's got he's got those files. We know it. They they exist. But that just felt kind of too easy. I thought about other types of things. Maybe, you know, we could even have a slip-up with, say, Captain America. You know, like, okay, you know, like, this is the file on the Hulk's strength, and this is the file on the Hulk's weaknesses, because he does that as leader to protect them. So somebody could exploit those. But I felt since he wasn't in publication at that time, like, he wasn't part of the League, I, or the Avengers, sorry, I keep, now I'm doing it. Um, <laughs> Since he wasn't part of the Avengers, I didn't feel right using it. So I basically went with who is Batman, Batman Light. So that's Iron Man. So my pick for the evil, you know, or not the evil, but the, you know, the, 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 the friend who's got these files to stop you, it's going to be Tony. See, and, I, you know, I kind of went the same way with uh, Captain America. I was like, to me, the equivalent of Batman in the Marvel U is, is Captain America. And I think being such a strong military man... He would have these files, but like you said, he wasn't in publication at the time, so I didn't pick him. I myself went with Dr. Hank Pym. I, Ooh, nice. uh, knowing that he is a scientist and at one point in the future will be named Scientist Supreme, even if that isn't a bullshit uh, <laughs> title, uh, I still feel that he might have come up with these um, just as maybe even a scientific exercise for himself on. How would he take out the other Avengers if need be? I mean, he himself has gone crazy. He, he created Yellow Jacket. He uh, he um, created Ultron. He created Ultron. So, well, who not better to be like? Yeah, we all have evil inside of us, and things need to be d- taken care of. So, um, I I pro- I picked Hank Pym. But let's go with uh, let's go down the line. So Iron Man first. How? How did Iron Man get taken out in your story, seen as how he wouldn't have probably come up with his own way to take himself out? Okay, so for me, I guess uh, this kind of leads to a secondary part of the story. So who's the mastermind uh, that's that true. steals I, I shouldn't the have jumped that, yeah. Um, in mine, I went with Whitney Frost, Madam Mask. Um, I kind of like the idea of using Ra's al Ghul and Talia... And for me, in the Iron Man universe, that would be Whitney Faust and her father, Count Nefaria. Uh, Count Nefaria, though, is kind of a lackluster version of Ra's al Ghul. But it is funny to note, I originally thought Ra's al Ghul and Talia were the creations, and then Marvel would rip them off with Count Nefaria and Madame Mask. It's actually the other way around. Those characters were in publication first. Um, so for me, my premise is Whitney Frost she's really losing it by this point. She's just really um, trapped in her own psychoses and she's scared of everything. So she's going to repress to this memory of when dad was there. So right now her dad is not there. He's, he's basically disassembled ionically across the atmospheres. So what she needs to do is bring him back. Well, how can she do that? Because, you know, with a team with Wonder Man, for instance, on the team and Tony Stark's technologies and they're watching them, you know, she's got to get the Avengers distracted. So my thing is, what was the biggest distraction in Tony's life? It's either alcoholism or an armor war. So I think what she's going to do is she's going to put some Tony tech out there 
and basically start giving it to villains, which is just going to drive Tony to go like, ah, I'm not going to listen to any reason anymore. I'm just going to go out there and stop all these people. And so she'll just put some of her agents and be like, all right, I need you to wear this armor and go to South America. I need you to wear this armor and go to you know North Dakota and just really spread them out so he's going to be racing all over the place. I like that you went with the deep cut on the villain there. I mean, Madame Mask is I mean, until recently I really hadn't even known known about the character and then now her father, I don't think I ever heard of her father. So this is that's a really cool um villain to to bring up. Thank you. I went with uh Zemo, Helmet. Helmet Zemo uh nice. the, the son or grandson of Heinrich Zemo, uh, Captain America's foe in World War Two. Basically, um, to me, what he wants to do is discredit the Avengers as a, a functioning team so that him and his Thunderbolts become the new premier team of the world or the America, America whichever one they are. I, I'm pretty sure they were doing Thunderbolts at this point, right? He yeah, no, Thund- they definitely yeah, were. So, and every every time I've ever read anything with Baron Zemo or this new Baron Zemo, he's, he, he wants to be the leader. He wants to be a good guy sometimes, but he kind of takes the the he's shortcut. Still got that, yeah, that family evil. He's still got that family evil in him, and we can expect to see it. So uh, to me, he steals Hank Pym's uh, files, and he uses it against the Avengers to discredit them so that people, when they say, hey call the whenever big events happening call the thunderbolts thunderbolts will come save us and i like that too what a good pick for a villain because with zemo uh, there's a great story and I, I myself need to read it avengers siege and this is the one where he assembles a masters of evil that is just horrible i mean they beat jarvis they literally put him in front of the Avengers and beat him. Now, this is and, a comic book Jarvis. He's an yeah. actual old man, yep. an actual uh, butler. He, he he's uses not... <laughs> a vacuum cleaner. I mean, he, he's, he's he a, keeps yeah. a duster in his belt. He yeah. doesn't have a, a beam of light coming out of his forehead. He's okay, not, He's not the ultra robot that we see. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, they, they beat him savagely. Um, you know, they, they, they put Hercules into a coma. They made Captain America cry. So, I mean, what a good villain that would go to these lengths and be like, all right, I'm going to take these files and I'm going to make them worse. So I like that. That's a good pick. So going down the line uh, for Iron Man, I have Hank Pym would have created a computer virus that he could have put, that he himself probably would have had access to the Iron Man suit at one point or another. He would put in there so that, once again, the idea is to not kill but to take out. So the virus... Would take over the system, put uh, Tony in some deep sea action, keep his life support systems on, but nothing else functioning. So if he decides to take off his suit, he's he's under the water. He's way too far underwater to do anything. Yeah. Uh, and the only thing, he's basically just having, he's, he's in a tomb. He's in a tomb under the water. I like that. So I that's mean, where a, he's at. What a way to immobilize him. You right. Know, put him in space or in water, and then power it down and be like all right you got nothing to do all you got is you got the oxygen to sit, sit yeah. there you don't you aren't connected to anything and you can't call anybody so that's like that's that. the way that i i take him down how does hank pym get taken down in your world in your story okay so at this point in his career he is known as goliath which is just a costume name uh, he's wearing a, a purple black and white suit so the way i thought about it and i kind of like what happened with wally west kind of mirroring that idea with this this bullet because see 
for me, and I think in discussions with others and, and yourself even, you know, a lot of people, oh, there's going to be a Buster suit. You know, there's a Hulk Buster. There's a Thor Buster. And see, this is the part where I'm going to reference Tony Stark was the original um, inventor of all the shield weaponry. He's the one who came up with Lola. He's the one who had all these crazy gimmicks that S.H.I.E.L.D. used. Uh, in the movies, you know, of course, they, they credit his father, which makes sense because due to a sliding timeline, we can't, you know, say, like, right, know, exactly. the Avengers were found in the 60s. But in the comics, it did go that way, and we've always had a sliding timeline there. It's acceptable. Um, so I would kind of, I would, I would definitely say Iron Man is, is going to use a lot of technology and even... Part of it would be masking it so maybe it doesn't come back to him. So I like this idea of this bullet that's going to go in there. So what I would see happening is it's like a, it's a two-part attack. So one of these things hits him right in his, in his controls where that causes him to grow really big or to shrink down. And then the other one goes right into you know his his nervous system and causes him to have these stro or these seizures. But not only is he going to have seizures, he's also going to be shrinking and growing drastically. So this way, there's property damage nearby, so that way some of the, the buildings and things kind of take him out. And plus, can you imagine the strain it's going to do on his body? So he's going to be incapacitated. It's not going to kill him because, like we agreed, we're not killing our friends. That's something you shouldn't do at homeless. <laughs> um, but we, you know, it's a way to basically get him to stop, you know, just like he's going to be done. Um, and... I felt that was a really good way to kind of take Hank out because if you just mess with his size changing ability, Hank's smart enough to do it. So again, it's not do you not only do you take out his powers, but you have to take out his mind, and that's where I felt the seizures would have done exactly that. You know, I, I you're you're correct, and I mean obviously that's I, I went with uh, taking out his size. I, I didn't I didn't affect his mind, but the thing is to for me is that. Um, one of the things you see uh, Hank Pym, whenever he's using his Pym particles, he always has a cachet of other things that he ha- he's either shrunk down or he's using to his ability. So the way I took him out is um, you place Pym particles into his shower head. So when he goes to take a shower, he's naked. He has nothing else with him. He's oh, not planning so on you it. Trap so him. He trap him with no other um, assets with him. No other. Um, so the ants aren't even going to be his friends because he can't communicate. He can't communicate. So nice. The pin particles hit him while he's in the shower, going through his shower head. He shrinks down to the microverse. He's stuck there until someone comes and gets him. I like that. I like that. So I mean, yeah, he could. He, I, what what kind of, of things they have in the microverse that he can use his brain to get him out of the situation is another story. But it's going to be a while before he can he can figure his way out. And no one's going to know because he has no way to communicate and be like, hey, you know, his his communicator's just sitting right there in the mansion beeping. <laughs> exactly. I like that. That's a good takedown. So uh, next on our list is Wasp. It was difficult to come up with uh, different ways that were not similar to other ways, you know? You don't want to just keep repeating yourself, and they didn't in the in the JLA version of the story. I mean, we did use nanites twice, but mm-hmm. it's okay. Uh, they still came up with creative ways. So with Wasp, you take Mandrill. Now, I don't know if you remember this character in the, in the Marvel U, but he's uh, baboon-looking, and he has pheromones that are specifically aimed at at controlling women i say you take enhanced mandrel pheromones put it in her perfume and now she's whenever she she goes to squirt herself after getting gussied up or whatever she's now a mindless slave she she'll do whatever it is that you're telling her to do because she's been hit with these mandrel pheromones and it's and it's pheromones so it's not 
something that would have been been invasive. I like that. That's that's a good attack, and it's funny because I also used a chemical attack also. For mine, I went with Mr. Fear Toxin, but not to an extreme level, but I like it because what the toxin's going to do is it's going to regress her back to when she first got beat up by Hank. So with him having his seizures and swinging about all over the place, she's going to get hit by this toxin and see his fist flying everywhere. And almost put her into a PTSD. She's just going to just, she's going to hide herself. She's going to put herself out of this. You know, she's going to shrink down and just, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And so at this point, Janet is a very strong woman to the point where she's been, I, maybe she, I'm not sure, but I think she might have even been the leader or at least the chairperson of the Avengers at this point. So this is really going to knock her down a notch. Now, I'm personally torn because I'm like, well, maybe she'll be my plastic man character who has this trauma after the fact. So that's that's, that's kind of where I went with that's that. That's a definite. I could see that. That's a, that was, that's a good way of taking her out. Um, next was She-Hulk. What did you use for She-Hulk? With She-Hulk, I basically kind of went with the idea of, you know, this one's an easy one where it's it's a medication takedown. You know, it, it, what, if, what if the Hulk was just happy all the time? There is no Hulk. So you, you kind of do the same thing to Jennifer. You just inject her with all these different... You know, chemicals that will, will basically. What, what am I looking for here? When you go to the dentist, you know, it'll give you that effect. Euphoric. Yeah. yeah. You know, so, so okay. she's just going to be totally laughing it out. And, you know, she's not going to. Like, I know her, her powers are different than Hulk's. You know, she's a Hulk all the time, but it's one of those things where it's like, well, again, if we, instead of having her want to lash out and whatnot, let's just have her be hysterical about the event. So she's just going to get taken down at some point, you know, that, that she would probably be one of the ones where, you know, they could easily take her out in court and, you know, they, 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 they hit her with the, the, the toxins and she's just laughing. Maybe she could even be held in contempt of court and the, 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 the police or the, the, the courthouse itself is kind of worried because we have a Hulk laughing. So they might even try to contain her See, while and she's it, out and about. And this one, uh, I, I had to do some research, too, into her character. I mean, it, it, it didn't say that she stayed a Hulk all the time. The thing is, is that I think she prefers to because she gets to keep her intelligence, whereas right. Bruce doesn't. So uh, it, it did say at one point in time she um, kind of had a confidence problem. So she didn't believe that she could be the Hulk. Or a She-Hulk, so right, yeah, she got it, stuck it, in her Jen or her it, Jennifer personality, right? She got stuck in her Jennifer personality. So I kind of went that direction, but instead of putting keeping her stuck in her Jennifer personality, I took it so that uh, basically a shrunk down Mesmero, if you remember, uh, she he's a mutant that controls, uh, basically hypnotizes. He's a, yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's a hypnotist. He uh, he hypnotizes Jennifer, and he's been shrunk down with pin particles. So he's been he hypnotizes her out of the equation for boosting for the Hulk. So making it so that she's more Hulk, more like her her cousin. Bruce. Oh, so we make her a liability, right? She makes Ooh, her a liability, nice. and it almost. I mean, I I, I could say that I'm kind. Of, I might be stealing a little bit from Disassembled. That's going to be down the down the line from here, but she's going to take out the Vision again. So that's that's how you know she's hulking out and. Tears him in half again. I like that. That's actually really good, and it's it's a neat nod to what will happen. What in the will future. happen? Thank you. So I I think that's cool because you know she's like they they had. It's funny because in the in the continuity of the comics, when Kurt Bu- Kurt Busick left the book once he he was done with his writing duties. Um, then I think a couple issues later, he had Jeff Johns get on there, 
And in one of the storylines, they had She-Hulk lose it. And that was a story arc called The Search for She-Hulk. And then they had one writer come in for like one or two arcs and then Disassembled happened where they basically had her Hulk out again. So it's it's definitely her Achilles heel that once she gets to that that red zone of anger and loses her intelligence, she is a massive liability. So I like that. Right. You get a good two-for-one special. And that's where I think my, maybe my trauma would come in at the end. Uh, my Plastic Man trauma is her. She's really going to start rethinking of what she wants to do with this She-Hulk personality. Because her being intelligent is a great addition to the Hulk idea. Because it gives us a, a, a smart, strong character. But it also... I think sometimes makes her uh, storylines too blasé, I guess. Until the point where eventually her storylines almost uh, teeter on a Deadpool-like uh, knowing that it's it's a comic book. You know, she, she becomes very meta in her book yeah. eventually. I feel like her writers just don't know what to do. They get lost in the fact that they have a potential character here that's like, wow, here's a Hulk with intelligence. Right, exactly. She's a lawyer, so she's a very smart woman. But yeah, let's. They don't. Let's we don't exactly know what here. the story. Yeah. So I think right at this point, it makes it it traumatizes her, whether or not she can be this Hulk character, this She Hulk character, and control her abilities or not. Which happens at the, after disassembled. She kind of worries about whether or not she can control her powers. Right. Yeah. That put her on the sidelines for a bit. Scarlet Witch was next, so I didn't want to use magic per se on her because she's already kind of magical so if you used magic on her she might be able to see through it just like you said well like we said with wonder woman she you don't want to use magic on her because she's from a magical base so she would she would see it they use uh technology on her so in mine scarlet witch is being uh manipulated by mysterio tech so he's it's it's special effects and illusions but made practically so the illusions make Scarlet Witch and Wonder Woman, uh, not Wonder Woman, Wonder Man locked together, because Wonder Man at this point is Ionic, and uh, nice another twofer. Yeah, right, exactly. So the two of them kind of take each other out of the equation. She's having all these uh, emotions and stuff um, for him, and at this point, he's been brought back to life because of her and her will. Her willpower basically is pulled his ionic his ions together after he died the the last time so that's how i feel that it would it, yeah you take her out you take him you, out exactly yeah, no i like that and that that kind of works with my idea like I, I basically in my situation i put her into a coma i put her into a coma but i also mm-hmm. give her her greatest fantasy and this is where i go with the children and the vision um, again, this will be something that gets played out later on. The cause for disassembled, but I like the idea that it's like again, we'll 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 take um, you know any access to anybody. So again, we could take since the the listeners here are hearing, you know, um, Mandrill. We'll, we'll we'll put those pheromones on her that are susceptible her to be like live out your fantasy, and then they coma her. So she gets injected with a two prong uh, solution that gives her her fantasy. And then she winds up going into it wholeheartedly. And again, that's going to weaken Wonder Man because he is still dependent on her. Like, he's not as dependent. Like, before where they kind of had he was like this magical genie and he'd show up. He did have his own body and whatnot. But I want to play with that and say, no, I think at this point we still got enough tie-in that when she's out, he's going to be out of the equation. Exactly. So I would, I would say, I think in my version, we, we still have 
Wonder Man the man, but we don't have the powers. Ah, okay. So that's what I'm going to go with on that one. I think, uh, and I think it's it's. I mean, it's funny we both come to some almost the same conclusion that you take Wonder or Scarlet Witch out of the equation, and this is Wonder Man's going too. Yeah. Um, and I like that. It's funny that you would bring up Mr. Fear Toxin earlier because I also used him <laughs> uh, for Triathlon. Now this character was interesting to me because it's not like he doesn't have superpowers. Really, I mean, he's he, okay. So he's. He's able to do things three times better than a person at their physical best. Right. He can jump three times higher. He can run three times faster. And it's literally three times. They've made it that. That's the, the standard right yeah, there. Yeah. So uh, I use Mr. Fear Talk, Mr. Fear Gas in the form of a syringe. You know, uh, he uh, a simple gun with a trank dart with fear toxin in it and... So he's three done. times the fear of a normal <laughs> three, man. <laughs> three times the fear. He's he's running and jumping all around the city, being afraid. It's very short of literally just shooting him in the knee with a shotgun. Oh gosh, yeah. Kid Flash, <laughs> very good Kid Flash. Yes, Deathstroke, Kid Flash. I didn't know any real way. Basically, I didn't know his kryptonite to to exploit. He's human. That's that's basically what it is. Yeah. I mean, he, he's he heals faster than a regular person, but he's not. It's not Wolverine fast. Yeah. Well, I, I, I did the same thing. Mr. Fear Toxin comes into play. Except this one, I, I remember Triathlon had um, a lot of his power kind of came from a religious base. Because eventually they led us like, oh, turns out he's kind of like a, a legacy to the, the Marvel's 50s character 3D man. But before right. that, he got his power from his Triforce religion idea. And so what I would do is he gets hit by that dart. And he's afraid of his biggest fear being handicapped. So now he's handicapped, and then on top of that, you exploit this church that he follows. And be like, oh, yeah, they're horrible people. They're bad. So it's a mental handicap on top of a physical handicap that really kind of like, I like that. downs that's, him. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's definitely using his, his backstory to uh, affect him more. That's, that's, that's great. It's, uh, uh, that, I mean, that's kind of what I was looking for, and I almost went that way with um, Silverclaw. I know I'm jumping ahead, but Silverclaw has a lot of religious and religion in her background as well. It's uh, it's South American religion and other things like that. Um, Aztec and Costa Verde is what is the area she's from in South America. So it's it's a lot of that. I was I wanted to do something where it, she, either she had um, lost her faith or something like that, but I just couldn't wrap my head around it. I like that you used the fear toxin to help him do that, but uh, I didn't come with that. Basically, what I did was using nanites, once again, uh, basically freezer, uh, because one of her powers is elasticity, just like right, uh, yeah, she, she Plastic Man. Anamorphs between She things. anamorphs, she, she can stretch, she uh, she can do all kinds of... She actually has a, lot, a big power base. And they give her a lot, they just don't use her. They don't use her, yeah. Yeah, basically think of her as Wonder Woman, but with being able to change into animals too so i just have her frozen not frozen and shattered like plastic man because i don't know if she can pull herself back together like plastic man did but just she's frozen and this is where i take advantage of tony stark's access to lmds and you see an lmd of jarvis her her sponsor for lack of a better like because she's in america she's like an adopted oh what's the word i'm like a, a foster care international foster care basically Jarvis yeah, right and so this is where you see the LMD get kidnapped 
and taken away. And now she has no real allegiance to the Avengers. I mean, she's this is like her first or second mission. So she's just kind of like, you know, my, my T.O. Jarvis, I'm going to go help him. And so that's where she just goes. She's just going to get pulled off because they're going to, you know, she's a, she's a rookie. So she's not going to know any better to be like, oh, I should have stayed and helped the team, you know. And, and again, it's funny because... You know, you would think her animal senses would catch on that it's an LMD. Nope, that's how good Tony is at what he does. Like he's gonna be like, okay, I need to, I need to neuralize this, or I need to neutralize that possibility. So he's just gonna play on her panic and get her off the board. So that's all that's gonna happen for my version. I like it. So that yeah, that's pretty good. What? Um, so going back to the lineup as we we stated them, uh, Warbird is who we skipped over, or. More commonly known as Ms. Marvel, Carol, Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel. Yeah, How so, did you take her out? Well, and this was a tough one because, again, she... Um, she was, is highly powered, too, so... Well, actually, at this point, she's at her lowest. She's at her lowest. That's only because she was at her highest just before Yeah, because she had binary powers, and then she lost that out, and now she just became Warbird. And, I mean, she's still strong. You right. Know, like, oh, darn, you can only lift four houses instead of 20, <laughs> you know? So she's still strong, but she's got a weakness, and it's alcohol. And Tony, knows Tony knows that. Yeah. <laughs> so he is just going to have these machines that go to her and make her feel drunk. He's not going to put actual alcohol. That would be the you know that'd be the part that's horrible. And so he's going to make her feel that way to that point where she is just so drunk. And she's going to fall into a depression because she did. I mean, literally, I think it was the live, create, or die storyline. She tried to fly into space, crashed in, on back onto Earth, and was, like, laying in the trash. So she's going to be like, oh, my God, I actually hit even further down than I did before. And this is my character, like I said, where I'm torn. I almost want her to walk away from this, looking at Tony being like, you jerk. You know what it's like to be an alcoholic. You made me feel that way again. It was so real. I can't believe you would do that. So she's almost, like you said earlier, I, I had another character in mind who might be my plastic man, you know, f- uh, fallout. And that's what I'm thinking of with her. So she, I would just, that's how I would take her off the board. That's, you know, that's fair. I didn't even know about her alcoholism in the, in the, in the comic book. Um, so mine went with Hank Pym basically tricking her somehow, uh, into going through a, uh, portal that leads to the negative zone whether or not she happens to be flying and she flies through the zone through the through the portal or he even manufactures a door that looks like a regular bedroom door she walks through it and poof she's in the negative zone see now the reason why i put her there is because she's strong enough and she has other abilities that she can survive there yeah she's not she's more than likely not going to get killed whereas you know you put someone else there they might um but it is a way to take her out of the equation and put her really far away. I like she's, that. She's she's not going to be she's not going to be able to interfere. Yeah, I like that because again, like we're not here to hurt them, and so this is going to take her off that playing field. That's good. I like that. Uh, and then, as, as I said, with uh, Vision and Wonder Man, they were both taken Vision, out because yeah. Vision's taken out by She Hulk. Wonder Man is taken out because of Scarlet Witch. So. Did you have a di- obviously you have a different way with vision? Yeah, so with my vision, uh, considering Tony worked on the body, like he, he helped build it, this is the part where again, with um, Madame Mask using Tony Tech to put Tony on the search, um, ultimately she's going to override the vision for a little bit, and he's going to 
this is where we're going to have Tony actually have to come face to face with the vision out of a fear that, oh, crap, he's got my technology. So that puts those two at battle. So she does have some control. She's manipulating him to the point where, like, he'll do something. The vision's like, I didn't plan to do that. But he does it because his body's being overridden. And so that's when Tony's like, no, nah, I got to take you down. You got that tech inside you. I got to stop you. And that kind of puts them at a little bit more of a rift. I like it. That's I mean, I definitely used the <laughs> two birds, one stone. I like those. A, a those bunch were some good of times. Yeah, or a couple good. times. But I, I like that you came up with a, a very interesting uh, way of taking out the vision. So, I mean, he obviously would know. He would know. He, he's Tony. Helped he, he helped build them. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I and I believe that that's our two teams. That's our two stories right there. I mean, unless you had something else for Wonder Man other than him being taken out because of uh, Scarlet no, I would, Witch. Well, I mean, at this point, he, he's only he's only man enough. And so this is the part, obviously, where the story, you know, as the writer, you'd be like, okay, well, you know, Simon's a pretty smart enough guy that he's going to help the people. So he's like. He's like the Aquaman, where you know it's that like, he okay, was able to I'm hold out help long this enough. This character, then, which leads to all the other characters coming together. Uh, I think the neat part about this story is the vote afterwards. So we've got nine characters, you know, and now this is going to be interesting because we're looking at two different people. You know, how how would they vote for in your story, Hank? Versus how they would vote for my story, Tony. Right. So I think, in all fairness, what could be an interesting challenge for us on the spot is whether is you have to vote for my story. Oh, I, gotta vote I like for your it. Story. I like it. So how are we going to look at these people in that regard? Uh, I would have to say that if we if we, if we go three and three and one, which one is Who's the draw? The Superman. Yeah. Who's the yeah? So Tony is up for dismembership and you have wasp who has went through and basically a ptsd and she's gonna be traumatized so she's obviously saying no no i'm not gonna i i don't want him to be around me i don't want him and like you said you she might even been the chairperson at this point or so, at least yeah. around so close to this time she at least served it once um, in the story she knows what you know what kind of people you need on a team so her and carol are both going to say no because carol like as you pointed out she she would know that alcoholism that's you you made me do something that it's it's not a betrayal on on superhero level it's a betrayal on human level it's it that's attacking her core so uh there's your two no's i feel like and maybe this is just my bias because of I picked Hank Pym, but I feel like Goliath would would still say yes because he knows the to me he knows the importance of being able to take down an opponent or even a friend at this point. Vision, uh, I think Vision being of his computer mind would see the logic in it, and being logical at that point, he would be. No, it, it, Mr. Stark did the right thing. Yeah, I got I got taken down just as as much as everybody else, and that might even cause a squabble amongst them, like how Wally and, and Kyle did. But it's, I like that. It's saying you know he's like, well, you're just a computer, you know. I don't you you got taken down. Of course, not, you're gonna say is he built you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it, it kind of throws that out there. I don't I don't know Silverclaw well enough to know whether how she would vote. In yours, she's taken out through her religion, so I almost want to say she would also. No, this is the one where he he was Jarvis. Triathlon. Oh, I'm sorry. Was yeah. Okay, triathlon. So then 
using their religion and that's another thing where it's it's it's, it's on such a human level and such a, uh, a ba- personal, uh, attack yeah. at the personal level triathlon would also have to vote no whereas so then silver claw might vote yes because uh she understands more of a wartime decision stuff like that mm-hmm. uh leaves me with she hulk scarlet witch and wonder man and I already have my three no's. How's that right? Well, we've got more characters. That's why. Okay, so, so we're gonna have. We're gonna actually have we're gonna have four, four and four. Four, four and four and, yeah. and okay. And your invisible vote. <laughs> you know what's strange is that I almost want to say Wonder Man abstains. He, he doesn't even come up with a vote. I don't know how this throws throws off the idea, but I mean, if I have to be pushed to it, I would say he probably votes yes because okay. he wants to stay in the good graces. He's been away for such a long time at this point that uh, I, I think he'd want to stay in the good graces. So, um, but really, I think he would just abstain because he would feel that he, it's not his place at that time. So then that would be She-Hulk would be a no. How did you take her up? With She-Hulk, I had it that um, the, the 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 kind of the, oh Jennifer. She yeah, she's she, just going to be the she fear toxin. Put back into her Jennifer persona, and yeah, the, the toxins kind of. Uh, I'm afraid of this. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, to justify that, it would be that she's... It's. I mean, at this point, She-Hulk is as much a part of her as being a lawyer is. So, it's 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 taken away a big chunk of her personality, of her, her body, and it's almost, almost to a point of violation. So, I would say that, yeah, she would, she would say no. So, it leaves Scarlet Witch to whether or not yes or no. And she's the deciding she's vote. She's the deciding vote. Not bad. I like that. And I think it ends on a good character because, again, you know, they, they played with the Superman-Batman relationship. Um, and I like with Wanda being who she is, um, you know, earlier Marvel Comics fans will remember that she used to be a very strong character. More modern comic fans will be like, well, she's a villain. She's always been bad, you know. In the movie, you'll just know her as Elizabeth Olsen. So <laughs> I think this is good that, you know, it ends because... She does have a good kinship to Tony. Tony offered her a home. You know, once her and Quicksilver finally were released from Magneto, Tony himself showed up and was like, "Hey, I'm bringing you to the Avengers. You guys made it. You're at the Beatles. You're you're here." And you know, so I like that 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 plays with that emotion to it. And then for basically the end with uh, in the JLA book, Batman leaves because he already says he knows how how Superman would vote. I say Tony leaves, but he, it's because he's upset. He says. I don't need this. I don't need you guys. I can do Ooh. this on my own. I, I'm much better as a alone than as a team player. So I don't even... You guys... Basically, the idea of them voting against him is pissed him off so much that he he's taking his ball and going home. I like that. And that is very much a Marvel ending. Right. That is. Because DC, you know, it's like, oh, I'm going to leave because my friends, I hurt them. And he's going to be like, you live in my parents' mansion. <laughs> If you vote me off my own team, get out. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, exactly. You can't come hang out at my house and not hang out with me. I Which like is that. funny. I mean, maybe that uh, if that ha- were to happen, where where do the Avengers go from there? Did- this just speeds up disassembled earlier. <laughs> <laughs> we beat you to it, Bendis. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So then, on my team, how, how do you uh, how do they vote? All right, and this one this one's tough because we we've, we've had we've had Hank Pym on trial before. So I would say, um, just kind of looking at the lineup. So I, I'm going to say Wonder Man, he's going to vote yes for Goliath to stay. Just because it's, it's not like he got totally hurt. You know, at this point, in, you know, he's, 
he's somebody who is coming back from death. So he's all about redemption. So I can be like, look, I, I've known Hank enough. I know it wasn't him necessarily doing this. It, you know, he has these plans on us. So I could see him voting yes. Plus, in both of our scenarios, I can see it almost being like Wonder Man being like, Basically, think, getting yeah. getting a new piece of knowledge that I am really attached to Scarlet Witch at this point because of how I've come back or you know how my powers work. Yeah. So it, I, he'd almost be like he'd be like, oh, thanks for showing this to me. Yeah, I'm glad I know this flaw. I need to, <laughs> I need to really cut a hundred percent ties with her. Yeah. So and you know and again too, it's not like something happened to him. You know, like I mean, the worst case could have been like putting him through an ionic scrambler and shifting him out, so then he would be in Count Nefaria's problem. Then I could be like, no, F that guy, you're out, you know. But he just got, you know, taken down for a little bit. So, yeah, I, I see him voting yes. Um, I give Vision a yes vote because, again, like you said, he, he's a computer. He's a logical mind. So it's like, well, you know, all of us could go at any moment. And Vision has himself. I think at that point, you know, the United States government feared the Vision. They disassembled him because they were worried that he was going to be the supercomputer. So he's like, nope, I'm totally cool with it. Plus, he's his, it's his grandfather. How is he going to That's true. his grandfather yeah, off the team, right? He's going to be kind of stuck in that scenario. That's right, folks. For those who haven't read the comic books, uh, Hank Pym created Ultron. Ultron created the Vision, thus grandfather. Not Tony, Tony Stark, Ultron, Vision. Yeah, this isn't Michael Douglas who <laughs> hijacked the, the, the robot. No, this is the actual Hank Pym. Okay. All right. So let's see. And um, I'm trying to remember with... Wasp in your story she okay so I think as a chairperson and what she's going with she's definitely going to be I give her a yes vote and I also side with family you Okay, know, this is Hank she loves him granted yes um, there's a lot of comics past that point that don't show them Loving each other, but I'm sure after Ant Man the movie, we're going to see that change. But oh, I think I think even after at the, I mean in the points in the before the movie, they've shown them coming back together several times. But then again, you have to wonder if that's well. This is where I would have to call. Did you read? Um, oh gosh, what was it? The Rick Remainder Avengers book, um, Uncanny Avengers. There, they actually had Janet have a relationship with Havoc. No, I didn't okay, read that so, book. Yeah, so. so this one, they just... And it was literally, and this is the one where it's not not to be mean, Marvel editors, if you're listening, I apologize in advance. <laughs> but it's like, you know, one week, you know, Hank and Janet were cool. They were in love. They, they've been through all this stuff, and they're happy. And then, bam, you know, they're not together. And Janet's like, oh, that Havoc guy's really cute looking. I never noticed that before. And it's just like, wait, what? Where does this come from, you know? So... That's that's why, like I said, I I think we'll we'll see a, a, a change once again because with the movie, you know, her having Bucky's fate thrust upon her, now you know we're gonna have this great deep love right between Hank and Janet because I mean they even have a daughter in the, in the oh yeah exactly universe. so yeah I mean and and we as you see it in the the comic books influence the movies the movies influence the comic books yep. it's it's all gonna come back around some way it's so an interesting backwash <laughs> um, so so she votes yes because yeah. she still has that love for Hank Hank even if with all the turmoil that they had so I would go next with. Let's see. I need to start tossing some no's out there. So I think, again, um, I'm going to go with a no vote with She-Hulk. Again, she got violated persona-wise. She got thrown into probably one of her biggest fears being Bruce Banner. 
Yes. You know, she loves her cousin Bruce. She's probably eternally grateful that she got her powers. But I'm sure whenever she thinks about his name, she shudders a little. And Hank just made her go through that. So I, I think she's going to be kind of walking away like, no, no, you, you messed me up here. Um, let's see. Now I forget here. One, two, three, four. So we're, we're going to need four of each. So I would give Silver Claw my last yes vote. Just because, again... Uh, kind of referencing Kyle, he's like, I'm too new. I, I'm too new. He's Batman, you know. So she's gonna be like, I'm too new. He's a founder, so it's okay what he did, you know. So now it comes for all down she to, knows, this is the way it's supposed to work. Yeah, you know, she has no team experience, so she's gonna get my yes vote. So now when it comes down to it, um, triathlon votes no. He's kind of at this point of his membership, he he's not really trusting and accepting of them, you know, because. Uh, I think at, at the end of the current story arc that they were in, Tony and Triathlon finally made peace. So he's just going to be like, look, you're another guy on some team who exploited me. I don't trust you people. You know, if anything, maybe you would, if, if the story were to continue, I'd say this might be where he decides to walk. You wow. Know, like, yeah, you guys just kind of did me wrong. I'm out. Scarlet Witch, again, with getting... Um, with her being manipulated, she's going to cry foul. She's going to be like, hey, you're, you're one of my oldest friends. You know, how could you do this to me? Why would you do this to me? Um, so she's going to go against that. With Warbird, you know, she's going to go no because of her military background. Um, she's going to be like, you guys, you know, we're a team. We're supposed to be like, she's going to be having the Wonder Woman voice. But instead of it being with an Amazon army, it's going to be of an Air Force uh, brotherhood. You right, know, where okay. It's like, how could you do that? You know, how can we trust you? So, of course, that's that's your split. Those four, four. Those four against. So, I'm going to leave it in Tony's hands. So, Tony is going to be very much analytical. And he's going to be like, I get it. I understand. You know, I, I know why you did it. I've been there myself. But, at the same time, he's going to be like, but the fact that you stuck me in the deep waters like that, my armor could have compromised, something could have happened, and you took the Avengers <laughs> out. So he's torn. So I'm going to leave it ambiguous. I'm going to play the DC ending. I'm going to be the DC guy here. And he's going to be he's going to want to go approach Hank about it, but Hank is going to shrink himself down to, you know, the microverse cuz he feels horrible. He's like, "Oh man, you know, he feels I, little I, I've so. done you know, I've done Ultron. I've 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 gone reckless and became Yellow Jacket. I've hit Janet, and now here's just another giant mistake in the life of hank pym he's gonna leave he's wow. gonna leave the team does and, he so you know, does he wait for tony's decision no he's gonna just take off because again he's gonna feel that guilt where he's gonna be like if i stay with these people it's because they allowed me to stay it's not because they want me to stay you know he's gonna warp it through his guilt so he's just gonna be like i can't face him i'm not gonna be effective anymore very uh um uh, similar, or at least in my brain, to uh, the Adam leaving at the end of Identity Crisis. If my if my artist out there sees it, I would love because I think that's one of the best comic book panels ever. When he's when walking. he shrinks down and screams, um, I would probably just have more of mine where I would see Hank drop to his knees, and you just see him shrink, and he's like, "I feel so little," right? You know, because it's again, I've betrayed my friends, my deepest friends, because. Hank's a scientist. It's just, okay, cool. We're going to adventure. All right, let's do it. You know? <laughs> and now it's like all I've ever done as an adventurer is lead to disaster. So I think he's going to expel himself. 
Um, Tony, in the end, would have voted yes just because we're stronger united than we are against each other. Good. I think we did an incredible job, if I must say so myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the, these are the stories that, that could have happened in one day or another. And I think for our first time out, uh, I mean, this is the... Okay, it's our first time recording it. We have done this for at least a couple years now where we just we take these scenarios and we put them uh, in different situations. And I think, one, it's a great creative outlet oh i love it i i feel the juice is flowing i um it, it forces me to think about my comic book history and i the, the thing that i like about myself and mitch here what we do is we don't let each other take the easy way out you no know, we don't a, there's a lot of times uh, for example we were just recently talking about the emotional spectrum going into the marvel universe you know and it's one of those things where it's like okay just throwing something out there spider-man we get the blue ring why because it's peter parker he's always all about hope well no we're gonna we're gonna play that different we're gonna be like no maybe maybe because of losing uncle ben and losing gwen stacy he's gonna get the yellow ring you know so we're gonna go counter to what most people would think because it gives these stories the shock value Shocking, and yeah, and that's what we want. We, we, you know, hopefully, um, you know, again, come to the website, check out, get involved, um, leave comments, let us know what you think because we love these challenges. It, it's, it's, you know, Mitch and I were we're really good friends and we we hang out and you know, it's hey, let's talk comics, let's and this, talk shop. And this is another. I mean, uh, the more common one is uh, who's going to win in a fight. You take two people from two different worlds and you put them against each other. This is that to an nth degree. It's it's this is taking stories, classic stories. And recasting it in a whole different universe. So, yeah, we, we have plenty uh, of ideas that are going to go around there, but we'd love to hear your ideas, too. So, uh, I think for our first time out, uh, this was a great recording, and um, we came up with some, I think, two pretty solid stories. Why don't you guys come on come on to the website and tell us which one you preferred? Uh, not that either one of us is going to hold it over the other. But Team Chris. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, let's we, we'd love to hear your feedback. So, like we said, it's geekeliteradio.com. We have a contact us page. We have emails there. You can come on there on and totally tell us what you think. We have a Facebook page, Geek Elite Radio. Um, we are on Twitter at Geek Elite Radio. Very easy to remember all these things. Um, <laughs> we got the package. We bought it in one night. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to get in contact with us individually, on Twitter I am at agent underscore of the underscore bat. And Franey is also on Twitter, and he's trying to find his Twitter handle. Yeah, I rarely use it. Um, I'm on there every now and then. My Twitter is... Dun, dun, dun. Hopefully. <laughs> at the speed of loading here. <laughs> I am... At stuff I should say, and my should is S H U D S T U F F capital I S H U D capital S A Y. So come on out and see us. Uh, give us some hints. If you want to throw down the gauntlet, whether it's infinity or not, and give us a challenge, we'll take it. Uh, we will. You know, we, you know, tell, tell us what, what a challenge you'd love to see. You want to see uh, emotional spectrum happen in the Fantastic Four. You know, if you want to see. Uh, what would happen if... How do the Infinity Gems influence, you know, the Doom Patrol? Exactly. What, what goes on with there? So, you know, this is just a great, um, 
great way to geek out. Obviously, that's the theme. Um, so we want you that. We, we, we want that excitement because it's comic books and it's love. And, you know, right now we, we don't necessarily have the, the fun rivalry like we used to with DC and Marvel. Um, one of my favorite eras in comic books was the Amalgam Age. I oh, loved. Love the Amalgam Age. Right? When DC versus Marvel happened, that was fantastic. I remember going to the comic shop every week, whether a book came out or not, I was still in there. If they could make a book that was put up by both companies that, that followed Axis and his journey through both universes and stopping things from happening, I would. that would be my number one book every month. Week if they could do it. It'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, if you're an artist and you ever feel like drawing what we're talking about, please. Um, I, I, I can't even draw a stick figure, but I would love to see some of these moments. I could draw dirty stick figures. That's about it. <laughs> and that's a whole different podcast there. But, you know. Ooh, it, dirty stick figures. <laughs> bitch, I got it. All right. So, uh, yeah. And hopefully we'll be setting up a uh, forum, a message forum on uh, the website soon, so stay tuned for that. I think that's all we need to say for this week. Next, uh, well, this will be a bi-weekly show, so every two weeks there will be a new show. Don't exactly know what our next episode is going to be, but it should be it should be interesting, if to say the least. <laughs> yeah, who knows where we're going to take these characters, where they're going to go, um, what kind of happy mistakes we might get out of it. That's that's also the fun about exploring these things is just to see what kind of chemistry and synergy comes out of these characters in their different universe. So if you're still listening at this point, thank you, and we will see you next time. To catch you in another world. (laughs) We now return you to your regularly scheduled programs.